Welcome to the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio. I'm your host, Katie Appold. I'm the executive director of Do More Good and Nonprofit Hub. One of my favorite job duties is hosting this podcast. Each week, I get to talk to nonprofit leaders, influencers, and innovators who are changing the sector. You see, we know that you're already doing good. We've designed this podcast to help nonprofits who are doing good to find new ways and new resources to grow. So tune in weekly, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. We look forward to helping you move from good to growth. We'd like to thank DonorBox for sponsoring today's episode of the Good to Growth podcast. DonorBox is transforming the art of fundraising. They bring the functionality and power of online fundraising to your nonprofit with a sleek interface and nonprofit specific tools. With DonorBox, you can connect with donors on a deeper level and raise more funds quickly and easily, helping you make an even bigger impact. Visit donorbox.org to learn more. Today, I'm talking to digital wellness expert, Mark Ostash. He is also the author of Courage to Connect. Now, I met Mark probably two, three years ago. I I don't know for sure when, but I know it was before the COVID-19 pandemic. And even back then, he was speaking and teaching on creating meaningful connections in remote work or hybrid work environments. He's a trendsetter, obviously, since the pandemic. He's been all over the country, all over the world, teaching organizations how to build culture and build meaningful connections when we're not all under the same roof. I think you'll enjoy him as much as I do. Let's get started. Mark Ostash, I was thinking about you um, when I was prepping for this interview, and I was thinking about how, how the heck did we meet? Um, how did I get to know you? And then I remembered you had these gratitude journals and you dropped one off at my office back when I worked in an actual office. And how how can you not be a little touched by a gratitude journal? And the note with it was awesome too. I, I wish I remembered the note, <laughs> but the journal like stuck with me. I've used it. And now we're actually using it in the swag bags for our cause camp attendees this year. So what what brought you to my doorstep? And well, how you know you what? Idea? It all started eating ice cream with my children and my wife in downtown Grand Haven. We were there uh, for a summer getaway, and we're walking through downtown Grand Haven. And I thought, what? the heck is that sign say? And my wife and I were looking, it says, does that say do more good? And I'm like, I want to know more. So we Googled it, uh, read about uh, you and Bill and kind of the, the roots of do more good. And I said, I need to meet these people. And I think you all were away. Uh, it was kind of, uh, you know, at the end of our vacation, I said, honey, I'm going to, to my wife, I'm going to drop off a gratitude notebook and a note. And lo and behold, it eventually got to you, and now there's over uh, ten thousand of these circulating throughout oh the uh, th- throughout the area. And uh, grateful that the Cause Camp uh, attendees are going to get one as well. They are a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you know what's funny? We were away, but we were probably away like 
you know, three blocks away getting ice cream instead of one. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not a lot else to do in Grand Haven. Yes. I am grateful that you did stop by and that we did connect because I have been overwhelmed following you in, in the best of ways with one, just this is kind of divine timing. Your expertise for the day and age that we're in is incredible. Um, and I think even back when we first met, the pandemic hadn't even hit yet. Right. Yeah. So talk talk to our audience. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you work with causes. Yeah. Well, I will say that God's timing is everything. And my journey is like probably many of the listeners out there where it's windy and it usually starts and stops in places that you didn't plan. So uh, mine was the same and kind of this uh, self, uh, you know, described title of digital wellness expert or human connection expert. Those are just fancy words to say that I've uh, had a passion and an interest for how how uh, technology impacts uh, our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And more recently, how kind of uh, a what I would call a, uh, a forced way to work in our uh, digital environment has shaped the way we work for the future of work. So I've had a bit of a harvest in the last two years at applying what I've really been studying for over 10 years and having some, you know, mild success as God has prepared me uh, for bigger stages, bigger audiences, bigger opportunities to make an impact. Um, I've just been really focused on helping organizations and cultures connect online, whether it's team or Zoom or WebEx, uh, offline, whether you're back in the office or in the field, and then inline is the third way with yourself. Because I believe when we're disconnected and overwhelmed and overworked, we can't connect with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's been really a uh, quite an awesome experience to, um, you know, to be where I'm at. And I'm very grateful uh, for God for the opportunity to do that and for my uh, home studio here, where I pretty much do most of my work and. Kate, I have to I have to share. Do you want to see what's behind the stage and for all the live listeners today? Yeah. Uh, okay, you ready? Okay, give me a second. A drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> really just a basement, uh, you know, full of toys. Oh, and, kids' uh, toys. Yeah. Kids toys, yeah. So it's like, here's the thing is that we all have, and I got to step back to the microphone, we all have um, lives that we're living and leading and learning from from home. And sometimes this screen kind of helps separate my workspace and my, my mental space from uh, the kids uh, playing behind me. But I think we've all really had to adapt. And what I've been interested in is helping teams and organizations uh, find ways to uh, adapt with the social side of business. So how that relational human to human side kind of comes out when we might not even meet our new coworkers or ever go back to the office. So true. So true. Man, for such a time as this, Mark, seriously, that's right. That's right. Okay. So let's dig deeper into that. And I want to, I want to ask you a personal question that I think is relevant just about every nonprofit. I was at a, um, a nonprofit innovation summit recently in Cancun, if you can imagine that. But it was a roundtable of nonprofit leaders, and one of the topics was remote work. And it was one of the topics I was most excited to talk about because my team is fully distributed. We're, we're all over the nation, and we're remote. And I expected, I guess I expected there to be like, um, yeah, this is a good move. This is going to save money. This is going to attract better talent. 
But instead, the person giving the talk was making the case that you cannot have corporate culture, organizational culture, at least not a good one, on a remote team. Mm. And it was one of those things just like, oh, oh, oh. like I just yeah, kept going yeah. to, to interject. But I've not experienced that. But tell me what you think. Yeah, I, I would tend to disagree with that uh, point of view. And part of it is I've really had a chance these last two years to work with some major, major companies like Ford and DTE and Capital One and Salesforce and these large enterprises that are really what I would call setting kind of the tone for others to follow with regards to how they're implementing a hybrid or a you know remote workplace. And most of those organizations are, are taking what I've commonly referred to as a flex with purpose work mentality. So regardless of where you work or kind of when you work, if we can flex with purpose on behalf of, of what your needs are, new hires or new talent that is almost uh, expecting remote as a uh, possibility, then uh, then we want to make sure that we can be flexible with your needs so that way we can get the best out of you. So I would side with both personally, my opinion, if I was leading an organization uh, that had employees across, you know, the region or the globe. Um, I think that the hybrid model is here to stay and that my view and, and especially for nonprofits, it's hard because we're so, uh, I'm not a nonprofit, but I've been on boards and worked with them. It's so brick and mortar, right? It's so, it can be. Uh, yeah. It, it can be yeah, it can be. And, and it's often like, it's based on, you know, like, I don't want to say more of an old school mentality, but there's there's an older model there that um, that I would argue as you've so well pivoted, right? Is, hey, we're going to be remote. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to have these events. They're going to be great. Come on, they're hybrid. Let's yeah. do it. You know, let's go. So I would just say that the future of work is hybrid and that there'll be some environments, you know, Allstate Insurance, I do work with them. They're headquarters out of Chicago. They've publicly uh, stated that 70% of their physical footprint throughout the, the country is going away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if they're doing that and they're the insurance space and, you know, that's an interesting, that's an interesting move. You know, what do they know that others don't? Not that they do, but they're just, you know, they've got a lot of uh, brain power behind that decision. I I love that you you see this as the trend because I do too. And I also, I don't think it's a black and white thing. It's neither good or bad. I, I love what you said, flex with purpose. Yes. Because that, sh- yes. I mean, that should be our purpose to make our employees happy and well-balanced. And yeah. yeah, it has been interesting. Let me just reference that. I feel like the power has shifted from, you know, traditional owner and top down. This is the policies. This is how we are mm-hmm. to the employees having more influence on how and where and when they want to work. And it's made many leaders uncomfortable. And those that have uh, stayed stagnant in their discomfort are losing key people. And those that are saying, all right, this is uncomfortable. But um, as I've heard it said, your comfort zone, when you're uncomfortable, it's just a sign that your comfort zone is having a hard time keeping up with you. So keep growing, keep going. And uh, just know that you have to adapt. Amen. Amen. Okay. So let's, let's dig deeper into this culture thing. Um, because I know, like, I feel like our team has culture. Um, we, we have humor, we have inside jokes, we have norms, we have all that. 
That said, we've not done anything to purposefully or intentionally cultivate that. It's just sort of happened. Mm-hmm. And I know not all teams go that route. Some have to be very intentional. And if they're in that situation, what can they do to kind of foster that meaningful relationship? Yeah, I love it. You know, this has been a bit of a a thing that I've been spending a lot of time on, which I'll summarize to say is, what is social connectivity or what is, um, you know, kind of the relational side of a culture look like when your team's remote or, you know, primarily hybrid? And one of the places that I've landed personally, I've seen some organizations implement this internally. Some have hired me to do it, but I'm referring to it as called a virtual gathering. And it's a bit of a hybrid kind of service. It's not a keynote message like some organizations would have for an annual conference or a quarterly offsite, um, but it is an intentional um, 60 minutes that models the ABCs of human connection, alignment, belonging, and connectivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are my words, but I'm trying them on for you and the listeners today. Um, and what it looks like is you come for a voluntary 60-minute um, session. It's kind of like a team building. It's not a happy hour. It's not a training. But what it is, is you have two opportunities through intentional prompts to connect with your coworkers. And then in between the prompts, I'll do like a 10 or 15 minute teaching to kind of tie things together or really stress the importance of whatever theme that we're working on, social connectivity, mental health, digital wellness. And then people will have chances to debrief in the main session. And then we'll leave saying, that was energetic, that was intentional, and that did not feel like work. So uh, I'm doing that for a handful of clients, kind of anything from quarterly sessions to bi-monthly gatherings. But that's been one strategy that I've seen is to uh, spend time intentionally creating uh, prompts and discussions and then letting the teams talk amongst themselves, get to know each other, et cetera. Yeah, because that is what's missing is that water cooler talk. So having somebody come in and facilitate something not solely work-related, man, that has to be refreshing. Right. Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Good to Growth podcast. We'd like to send a shout out to DonorBox for sponsoring today's episode. DonorBox is a donation platform that can be set up quickly and easily on your website or DonorBox-hosted fundraising page. They've worked with more than 35,000 organizations around the world, helping them increase their donations by providing an excellent donation experience. Best of all, there's no setup fee, no monthly fee, and no contract required to start using DonorBox. So visit DonorBox.org to sign up today. That's DonorBox.org. Now, let's get back to Katie's conversation with Mark Ostash. Mark, I remember years ago, um, actually, I'm going to just put this out there. It was one of the board members for the original nonprofit hub had a slide in his office, like a slide to go from like level two or three down. To oh, the my gosh. I know. I know. Like crazy cool at the time. Still yes. crazy cool now, but... I, I remember a friend of mine um, invested in a multi-thousand dollar espresso coffee machine for her team. Like all these things that we've invested in for the cool factor to, you know, recruit or retain great teams, but they're all brick and mortar. Mm. Are those relevant today or is it something more like this, you know, flex with purpose? 
Yeah, I think this is an opportunity prime for um, uh, hybrid models on way to promote fun. And I, I don't use the word hybrid on purpose, or I do, do use it on purpose, but let me give you an example. Um, do you know the author Mark Batterson by chance? He's a, a brilliant author. He's started many churches. He's in the D.C. area. He's written 15 books in 13 years. He's got an incredible voice, and God is directing his steps in uh, some, some awesome ways. But he, his most recent book is called Win the Day, and he steps into you know performance and habits and these sorts of things. But he talks about this idea called habit pairing. And give me a second to make my point here. But habit pairing is when you, let's say, you uh, read the Bible while you have a cup of coffee. Uh, that's pairing two habits together. And as a result, your, your, uh, your time is spent even better because you're getting caffeinated and getting the word, right? So, uh, that's an example of habit pairing. But I think in some way, there'll be some sort of habit pairing with, uh, what employees will naturally do with what organizations are craving to create connections. So as, as an example, I am, um, kind of projecting that like, Peloton races, right? So there'll be enough people within the office that have Pelotons or it'll become part of an employee perk. And then you can uh, race or exercise with your colleagues in a digital environment in a team-based setting, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, PlayStation 2, you know, like you're playing sports games or some sort of games where you can commune online but still know you're part of a tribe or a team and it's somehow either funded or endorsed on the company's behalf. So I feel like that's kind of this hybrid pairing that's going to happen, whether you're prospecting or in sales or trying to develop new relationships or whether it's just part of the, hey, you're part of the onboarding team of this new organization and don't forget to get your Peloton membership you know, or your Audible subscription because we're underwriting your professional development through free downloads, right? So that's where I think the fun is going to have to start to get creative is how do you use the digital landscape to offer values that you didn't necessarily think of would be traditionally offered by your employer? Do you know what's beautiful about you? I mean, there's a lot, but the thing that sticks out to me as, as someone who runs the budget and is an employer, those are all a heck of a lot cheaper and a yes. heck of a lot more productive and meaningful than a slide or a really fancy coffee machine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Because it's like, and those that are, are coming back to the office and returning back to work, if if you're worried about your commute or you're feeling anxious because you're, you haven't been around that many people in two years, get di- audible and start digesting things that are going to make you feel good and better and and growing. So that way, when you get the office, not only do you have things to talk about, but you haven't worried the whole way on your 45 minute commute, right? So yeah. Just get creative with your time. I love that. I love that. I wrote down a few things even that we're going to try on our team. I mean, the professional development thing, I would love to give my team the Audible subscription. Yeah. Like, let's read books together. Yeah. Or listen to books together. Amazing. Okay. So there's a lot of plus side to this remote and hybrid way of life. Let's talk about something that is possibly a little bit more negative and that is the blurriness of work-life balance in a hybrid or remote environment. It, you know, as someone who ro- works 100% remotely, it kills me when people say like, oh, that must be great for work-life balance. Um, no, like, right. We, 
there's no defining, um, there's no defining space. And I work in a private office in my home, but I have coworkers who work at their dining room table. And so when you, when you can't, you know, be outfitted to create separation, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, two things come to mind. Um, one of them is I've got a great friend, uh, fellow believer and just a, a overall great guy. His name is Michael Fensel. And he is uh, about to launch a product into the market called Shift Spaces. And they are literally like, think Herman, Will- Herman Miller-esque furniture, high-end furniture. And it's a, sh- it's a wall. It's a, it's a wall that separates your home life from your work life. So you can literally shift both mentally and literally when you step into a shift wall uh, and the inside of the wall is kind of custom branded to your organization. The outside of the wall is, uh, you know, the art or the pop culture, you know, stuff that you like or the sports team that you love on the outside. So that's kind of the art wall. So it becomes now a piece of furniture in the home that didn't have a extra bedroom for the office, but now has this shift wall to kind of transform the space. So that's one kind of literal thing that I've taken note of, of just the innovation that's happening in the future of work. Well, that's crazy cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. I'm very excited for him. And uh, yeah, shiftspaces.com for those that are listening. Um, And then I think the other thing that I'd say is protecting your, you know, the work-life integration. I always struggle with that. I feel like it's it's finding like 10 to 15 minute bursts of downtime or me time or you time during the day. So I, I walk our dogs for two blocks every day and it probably takes 12 minutes. And most days I'm uh, by the end of the 12 minute walk, I've checked my phone and I'm ready to rock and roll for the next thing. But I've moved, I've gotten fresh air and I've like disconnected from my like work environment. I think those micro moments of movement and change of environment are going to be critical strategies for the fully remote employee to maintain their sense of sanity. Um, So that's one thing. That's just another thing that comes to mind. Oh, I so see that. I had a, I had a coworker that um, she used to love to take walks, but she would always say like, I don't want to step away. I want to take the, you know, take the time away. But I think what you said is right. You're actually more productive when you when you hit the reset button, when you get that fresh air, when you go outside and it's kind of like when you can't find your glasses and they're on your head, like Exactly. Yes. You'll find more solutions at work if you take your eyes off of it for 10 15 yes. minutes. Okay, well, one more thing. I've got a little sticky note on my computer. It says HALT. H A L T. And it stands for am I hungry? angry, lonely, or tired. So when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I see that sticker that says halt, which is a German word that means stop. Yes. Yeah. And I stop and I say, okay, yes, I'm hungry. Yes, I'm angry. Or no, I'm not lonely. You know, and then I give myself a chance to say, okay, I'm checking two of those. It's time to take that walk or even go get the mail. Right. Or like getting the garbage from the street is productive yeah. I call them productive, uh, uh, productive primers. Anything that you can do, you can blow your driveway with leaves. You can sweep your garage floor for dust. You can do the dishes and then get back at it. They are ways to shift your environment and prime positive. You're completing a task, right? We all know what that feels like. 
So when you're feeling stuck or disconnected or just whew, overwhelmed, halt and then get a snack, get some fresh air or do a positive priming to, to jumpstart your day. I need to do that. Um, not not right now. I'm, I'm yes. actually doing fine right now. But yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to put that on my wall. Great advice. Okay, so we do a segment in every program, and it's a bit of good news, kind of playing off our Do More Good name for the yeah. nonprofit sector. So I know you have something amazing. Tell us about it. Well... Hmm. You're leaving. You're just setting me up for the, uh, I know so many amazing things. I know that my family's healthy. I know that, uh, we're all going to be okay, meaning the world. Uh, so I guess a couple of things that come to mind is, um, I think externally speaking that this, the last two years has really forced us to reevaluate how we're doing and viewing life. And I feel like, there's beauty on the other end starting to kind of poke its head out. So whether you're a nonprofit or whether you just inherited an executive director role that you didn't think you'd have now that you do have, and you know membership is down and uh, events are unknown on where we're going to be, uh, I think there's a ton of upside and opportunity for you to redefine what your nonprofit looks like. Uh, and I believe that it still goes back to um, how are you providing a relational connection into the mission and cause of your organization uh, back to the world? So, yeah, there's ways to do that virtually. There's ways to do that, you know, leading a hybrid or a fully remote team. Um, and if you are that person in that new role, uh, Godspeed and remember to halt uh, from time to time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have one more bit of good news. Mark yes, has please. given us a URL to download his book, Courage to Connect, for free. So I am going to include that in the podcast notes as well. And we will also include the links to the amazing things you mentioned, like the shift spaces and yes. um, just great, great advice. Mark, thank you so much for all you do and all the inspiration you always bring. It's always a joy. Thanks for having me out today. That was an amazing conversation with Mark. I would encourage you to download his book, Courage to Connect, and also follow him on LinkedIn. He's always posting um, from whatever city he's in, and he works with some amazing organizations. If you are looking to connect, if you are working in a remote environment, or maybe you just need a bigger network within your own organization, check out the Cause Network. This is a professional development resource that we've developed at Nonprofit Hub. It's a way to connect with your peers and learn about all the things that you're expected to know when you're raising funds for an organization or if you're marketing for a nonprofit. Check it out at nonprofithub.org. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. For more tools, tips, and techniques on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio. Nonprofit Hub.